Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Let's talk economics here. This is the number one issue in this country. It's the issue which resonates most with Canadians because Canadians are hurting, really hurting. You heard it last weekend when the Canadian chartered accountants told us 24% of Canadians, one in four of us, couldn't raise $500 in 24 hours to look after our affairs without borrowing money or selling something we own. One out of four, and more than 50% of Canadians have told pollsters repeatedly that uh, they're within 200 bucks of not being able to pay their bills, meet their obligations at the end of the month. Think about that. So now we have the Bank of Canada this week holding the line on the interest rate at 5%. There have been reports that they will probably not raise the interest rate again. Initially, the story was they may, but now the reports are they won't because the national economy is slowing down and the unemployment rate held at 5.5%. I received an email from a listener just asking, what exactly does it mean that the Canadian economy is slowing? We're going to ask our guest that. The uh, the health of Canada's economy and national prosperity is what? It's interesting to know that the Business Council of Canada has just said that successive governments have taken Canada's economic security for granted. And I went back into the little checking on our economy, and in 2021, an OECD report concluded Canada will be the worst-performing advanced economy through 2030. Now, remember, they said that, they released that in 2021, so there was almost a decade to go. So the worst-performing advanced economy through 2030. And they added, and that will continue for the next three decades, so until 2060. In real terms, what does that OECD outlook forecast for Canada and Canadians, if they are correct? Professor Eric Cam, Macroeconomics, Toronto Metropolitan University, joins us. Professor Cam, good to have you with us again. Talk to us first, please, about the holding the line on the interest rate and whether you believe that's going to be it. Hi, Roy. Well, Hi. I sure hope so. I mean, let's let's face it. I hedged my bet last week when I said 50-50 because I'm not much of a gambler, and I don't think we should gamble on on Canadians and their economic welfare, but I was glad to see that the Bank of Canada finally sort of got the message that people are struggling in a very large way. So I'm glad that they didn't raise the interest rate. Um, you asked a really interesting question uh, in your preamble when you talked about, you know, what does it mean that an economy is starting to slow down? Because uh, people will give you different answers, but I will tell you the one that I, I think to me is the most important, which is, when gross domestic product, that is our ability to produce goods and services, starts to fall, uh, combined with or married with when our employment rate starts to fall. So I think when your economy is starting to produce less and employ less people, I think that's a pretty good indicator that your economy is slowing down. And sadly, Roy, that is where we are on September the 9th, 2023. And slowing down does not mean it's painless. It's the opposite of painless. 
It's the exact opposite of painless. And I'm going to tell you why in two different ways. We know the Bank of Canada is scheduled to make two more rate announcements. They're going to meet on the 25th and they're going to meet on the 6th. My guess now is that they're going to hold the line. And most of that is built off of the big economic news this week, which is something that you and I, Roy, not to pat ourselves on the back, but how long have you and I been saying, eventually, this has to hit the labor market? It just has to. And we've been saying it for about 18 months. And guess what, folks? We're here. The economy added 40,000 jobs in August. Sounds good. Most of it was self-employment. That means there was almost a 0% increase in private sector employment. Nothing good happens, Roy, when the growth in your economy is public sector or non-private sector. That's real growth. And right now, that's not happening. And so the two things that you're seeing right now, number one, let's talk about what is, which is a real weakening in the labor market. Jobs are not being offered. These wage increases that have happened, the price increases that are inflation-driven are starting to whittle their way down now to employers who are saying, I can't afford to hire that marginal worker, so I'm not. So that's number one. Number one, that person's not being hired. But number two, another thing that I think you and I enjoy talking about are expectations. What message does that send to the economy? Well, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. When the labor market starts to slow, it signals to other employers that the economy is starting to slow, and we better hold back on hiring that marginal worker now and wait for things to turn around. And so this is my concern today. I've said it before, and I've kind of bided my time. When are these price increases going to hit the labor market? Flat out, simply put, if it's too much money to employ somebody, when are people going to stop employing them? And Roy, sadly, I think we're there. So for the Canadians who, the 24% of Canadians who couldn't raise $500 to pay their bills, meet their obligations over a 24-hour period, unless they sell something or borrow something, well, the more than 50% of Canadians who repeatedly told pollsters they are within $200 of not being able to meet their financial obligations at the end of the month. The Canadians who, and you know, this is getting tired, my story about inflation or my definition of inflation, and that is when you go to the gas station and the grocery store on the same morning and you can't afford to fill up at either. For those Canadians, and it's a majority of Canadians now, it's a majority if we look at the 52% or 54% who are within 200 bucks of not being able to pay their bills at the end of the month. For the majority of Canadians, it's just getting worse, isn't it? It is getting worse. And now let's revert back to something that you mentioned last week that I don't think I was as robust as I should have said. You've provided really good numbers. But one of the problems with economics is that sometimes there's numbers we can't provide. And you mentioned last week that CIBC markets reported that there are a number of non-permanent residents in Canada and they could a be million. up to about a million people that we can't track. That's a million people right, that are underreported, we don't have statistics on them, we don't have data, and what if they're just exacerbating those numbers, Roy? Because I really find it hard to believe that that million non-permanent residents that we can't track are the super wealthy. So if we dispense with that ridiculousness because it's foolhardy, then those people are just going to add, what if we grossly underreported those numbers of people that are within $200 of insolvency? or one paycheck of insolvency, who can't find housing right now. We are in a tough spot right now because that 
that report last week, it may not have seemed terribly germane at the time, but what it signals again to the market is that the reality can only be worse, only be worse than where we are because there's many numbers we cannot account for. And it's the expectations again that scare me because as this starts to permeate through the different markets, the labor market, the capital market, the goods and services market, we know that that's gonna cause a contraction in the economy. And I get really tired of hearing companies when they're asked, are we in a recession saying, no, we're not in a recession. That is just speaking to their shareholders and trying to fool people. We are absolutely on the cusp of a recession, Roy, and it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, when I uh, when I ride my bike through my neighborhood, the surrender signs are starting to appear more and more on the front lawns for sale, for sale, for sale. So everything looks pretty normal when you just look at the surface. The houses look okay. The lawns are okay. People are cutting their grass, pruning their trees, making sure that everything looks nice. But behind those walls, there is great concern. And again, I see more and more for sale signs showing up. I don't think this is people who just think, well, this is a good time to sell my house. This is a time where people find themselves thinking, I have no other choice. Roy, it, it's not a good time. We're there because 80% of Canadians are looking into the crystal ball that is the calendar and saying that we have to renegotiate a mortgage in the next couple yes, of sir. years that we can't afford. I mean, yep. people aren't stupid. And let me also just send a very quick message to our prime minister. The only one talking about these issues is Mr. Polyev. When you look at his success right now and his rating skyrocketing, okay, it's 24 months before an election and nobody wins an election two years before, but Mr. Polyev is the only politician saying these things out loud. You don't hear them from the prime minister. You don't hear them from the PMO. You don't hear them from anything related to the liberal government. And so it's no wonder Mr. Polyev is gaining traction. He's the only one discussing these issues. Professor Cam, let's talk about this uh, report that the OECD released in uh, 21 that this was going to be Canada's economy was going to be the worst performing economy uh, of the advanced nations. And then in 2030, it's not over. They say it's going to continue for another 30 years until 2060. What do you make of that? And do you believe it? Well, first of all, your story makes me just flat out weepy. Um, and I'm sorry to hear that, except that maybe... People can look at you the way I look at you as what you can do when you put your nose to the ground and decide that you're going to be a success no matter what your background looks like. But apart from that, um, listen, we can't predict three decades into the future, Roy. I think one thing that we've learned is I'm not sure we can predict three years into the future anymore. But what the OEC is doing is they're falling back on facts, right? That's all they can do when they look at a labor market that is shifting now to a disinflationary footing. Um, they know that upward movement in the unemployment rate is going to weigh very highly on household income growth and drag it down. We live in a time in this country right now, competition for workers is easing, so wage growth is further decelerated. And if you like things like the, the, the micro details, um, this week they announced fifth consecutive quarter of declines in labor productivity um, because of rising unit labor costs. And so all that accounts for 
a fall in hours worked. So you ask, what do I make of it? That's like saying, what happens when we put what I just said into a bowl and mix it? And the answer is an economy that's not growing. The private sector is not stimulating growth. We know that we have um, a staples economy, a natural resource economy that we have single-handedly destroyed by ourselves. We know we should be selling resources, but we're not. We're buying them. We know that our tax structure right now is eroding disposable income. And what, it's, and what our tax structure isn't eroding, things like carbon taxes are. And so I think you know, what that study is saying to Canadians is, 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 is it's time for a wake-up call. It's time to stop looking at the future far in its distance, net zero, this and that, and start asking questions that are germane to how do we make life easier for people to house, dress, and feed their families today. And yep. stop with ludicrous notions of pie-in-the-sky ideas. And I know that people are going to get upset, and I get upset too when people say to me, you don't give a damn about the environment. Well, of course I do. But I don't give a damn about anything more than feeding children and housing children. It is time for a new model, a new economic model. It is time for new vision and someone to come in and realize that we are doing no service to the wage earners of this country, Roy. That's what the OECD report tells me. Is there anything positive that you see? You know, the only thing positive that I see, and I hope people accept this because it's going to sound like I'm backdooring out the question, is that if you take everything I've said in the last 20 minutes or so, you would think the sky is falling. And on some level, I do think the sky is falling. But the positive is the sky hasn't fallen yet. Uh, it's bad, but it's not horrific. We've seen horrific, Roy. We saw 21% interest rates. We've seen horrific. Yes. But my definition of horrific is someone who can't afford to feed their kids. Yeah. And if that number is rising, then the only positive I have is that now is the time more than ever that we have to be interventionist and let's get in and start supporting the disposable workers, uh, sorry, the disposable income of our workers. So is there a positive? Yeah, the positive is, is that all hell hasn't collapsed yet. But please, Mr. Trudeau, we can't let it collapse. We can't let times get tougher. This isn't the okay. Bruce Springsteen song. This is the world. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.